0: Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. High quality, reliable, well-made products. These are the claims of just about every company that manufactures anything we consumers spend our hard-earned money on. But there is an increasingly noticeable decline in the quality of just about everything we spend our hard-earned money on. And unsurprisingly, most of it is by design. And that, friends, is the main topic of today's sit-down. So turn up your overpriced cell phone that will probably be obsolete in 18 months, and get ready because today two random men discuss how they just don't make them like they used to. So, have you ever heard of the Centennial light bulb? Listen, isn't that like the longest-running light bulb? Mm-hmm. Like it's been on for? Yeah, like and I hate, to say, con- is years. Mm. Yeah, I hate to say <laughs> continuously because it has been shut off just like a, a couple of times just here and there. It's, Things are going to lose power. It's at like a firehouse or something, right? Yeah, it's at a firehouse. Uh, it's Fire Station 6 in Livermore, California. Okay. And this bastard has been running since 1901. Oh. Yeah. So about 120 plus years. I said they we're going to have to rename it, not the Centennial or something else, man. Well, wow, okay. Yeah. And it's just a credit to... Ingenuity, you know, and and how well-made a product can be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I think it actually has a live stream that you can watch that's 24 hours a day just watching the bulb, waiting. (laughs) What's, like, the chance that, like, I'd go, you know what? I'm going to check on and see. And I click over and, like, it goes out while I'm watching it. Like, I killed the Centennial bulb or something like (laughs) that. It's almost like I feel like when I, you know, (laughs) you, (laughs) you know people that are like, I can't watch the football game because every time I watch, they lose? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Same rules apply. Yeah, but, okay, so, here you go. you got this light bulb that has been going for over well over 100 years. hmm And, man, I feel like I replace, like, in the living room, okay, four light bulbs in the ceiling. Yes. Well, and Probably now, 10 minutes after I replace all of them, one of them's going to go out. That's just the way things happen. happen. Yeah, just I the, get, the way but it is. If you think about this, if you're replacing them all around the same time, say, the same month, they're designed to do that. Because they will have the same sh- lifespan. Well, the other day, whenever you said, hey, it's time for us to get back into it, we haven't done an episode yes. in a while. Now here we are back. Happen hopefully. To be back at the table. Yes. Thanks for riding along with us. But uh, you had said something about the whole light bulb deal. Yes. Something I'd found that was interesting that kind of sparked this whole thing. Um, it's been documented. It's nothing new, but something that was new to me and new to you when I brought it to you. Uh, I think we should start with. So. Edison didn't create the light bulb, Mm -hmm. right? He was just the one that perfected the one that could be sold mass market. Yeah. And so that was about 1880, right? And the average lifespan of his light bulb was 1,200 hours. Okay. Set up our timeline here. 1880, 1,200 hours, right? Okay. By the 1920s, they were producing light bulbs that could last 2,500 hours. So, hey, that's a damn, you know, we're we're doubling filaments and what it's made out Mm -hmm. of. Um, There was like a tungsten filament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, burn brighter, burn longer the way science should progress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to make it better. Yes. Good. Well, by 1920s, by the 1920s, there was a German firm that saw a 55% decline a year in their light bulb cells. 55% hmm. That's someone's ass getting hung out to dry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Someone's probably getting fired. And it. it was yeah. because the product was too good. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, this sparked uh, a frenzy among light bulb manufacturers, right? They're like, oh my God, what How are we going to do? light bulb manufacturers were there? Though? Quite a few. Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. Quite a few. Um, have you ever heard of the Phoebus cartel? No. That sounds made up, but okay. It's yeah. probably not. Obviously. Well, <laughs> it's obviously not. <laughs> Illuminati. Yeah. Um, Phoebus being the, the Greek. Illuminati. God of, Illuminati. Oh my God. There Illuminati. it is. Illuminati. Illumination. <laughs> illumination. <laughs> so Phoebus was, is the Greek god of light. uh uh-huh. okay. Cute, right? So this all started about in nineteen twenty four. All the light bulb manufacturers, you had uh, Philips from the Netherlands, uh UK's Associated Electric Industries, uh France's was this Campagne de l'eau You're sure French is probably a little off, but okay, uh, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> Tokyo Electric and the GE Brazilian and Mexico branches all formed the Phoebus cartel. So right yep. there, handful, right? Yep. yep. All over the world. And the creation was intended to uh fix prices and place production quotas with a cap across the board. Okay, and they would like impose hefty fines on uh, companies that would venture outside the lines and uh, do this by audits on everybody's product. They would have to send in their products to be tested. So the cap was set up like they could only last so many hours, I guess. Yeah. Remember what we talked about earlier? But in uh, the, the 20s, it was about 2,500 hours. Okay. They set it back to a 1,000-hour limit. Eee. So they cut their product's life in half. You a-holes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And, of course, the idea being you'd have to buy more light bulbs. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And so, between like 1926 to 1933, it dropped from the average life in a household light bulb to being 2,500, usually around 1,800. Okay. So, it dropped down to where it was reasonable about 1,200 to 1,000 hours. Okay. Right. And if these manufacturers were manufacturing ones that that did last longer, then the group would essentially fine... The yeah. other, the who, whoever made the light bulb that oh, that lasted three thousand hours. You get a hefty slap on the wrist because you were venturing outside the lines, creating a better product that was bad for everybody's business by making a better product. Okay, they increased the sales of light bulbs by five hundred percent. Well, across I mean, the board. Yeah, I mean, and you're thinking about, a course, within that time. Okay, so you went from people not having light bulbs to having light bulbs, and now it's like, oh, this is the greatest invention ever, and now we're going to make it. You know, a, a fairly short time. You're talking about now? Half. Okay. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, from the time when you didn't have light bulbs to the time you do have a light. Oh, yes. And you go to this thing in between where people are like, this is the greatest thing ever. It increases productivity. You know, my my home life, the whole, whole nine yards. So you it's, could it's, read it. it is night, a necessity. not by candlelight. Yeah. It is a necessity now. You're and talking so, 40 yes, years. You're going to start having where people are like... I've got to have my light bulbs now, and so mm-hmm. then they come in and go, oh, well, we're going to make them until they last longer, so we sell more, and yeah, the epitome of uh, supply and demand. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Imagine what it did to the candle market. Hmm. Because within the span of 40 years, you went from your entire nightlife would be lit by candle and gas to light bulbs, so then, yeah, you had to have the light bulbs. Hmm. And this was just... Poor candle makers. Poor candle makers. <laughs> they poor. should have should have started a candle Illuminati. Pour one out. It's just a tiny little flicker. The barely Illuminati. It's still it's still kind of messing with my mind that they came up with this whole thing and then had the gall, to call the, it... The, uh, the, Phoebus the Phoebus cartel? Gall, yeah. The... Which they probably mythical, didn't call it the cartel, yeah, but but the mythical you know uh, whatever mythology of the god of light and it's like, so then on top of that you got cute with it, really <laughs> yeah and this probably Slap. wasn't the first time in history that you know big businesses got together to fix the market, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one that's documented as the idea of planned obsolescence which planned was obsolescence yeah the, the the main topic of conversation for this the idea talk. that they create something with the company's understanding that this thing is either going to break, become obsolete. Uh, we're going to create something b- new, bigger, better, whatever, to drive the market for buying more and more stuff. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of the whole idea with this episode is we're going to talk about the whole planned obsolescence. And there's actually a couple of different versions of it that we've found, but... Yes, it is the idea that we are going to make this thing obsolete one way or another and make you buy more. Yeah, and not even bigger and better. Barely yeah, better. Ba- yeah, or barely. in a different color. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, the Phoebus cartel was going strong until World War II happened. And then it was impossible for all these countries to maintain good relationships oh, to yeah. keep it going. Mm. So that busted that. Okay, yeah. But the idea was already out there and people mm. had seen... Like I said, you're talking 500% increase? Yeah, everybody's going to take hold hold of that plan. Yeah, they're going to pick up on that and go, oh, we've got to put that into our regular working habit. Yeah. yeah, Money ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So, when you were telling me about the whole light bulb thing of the day, I didn't know all that, obviously, but uh, when we were talking about it, I started kind of going through and looking up the different ideas of, you know, sometimes some some of these things can be viewed as oh it's a conspiracy theory you know type of thing but no there's actually a lot of documented facts on a lot of it and when you kind of dive into it man it's kind of a deep thing and some of it that i've found before we get into because you know me i like my lists <laughs> <laughs> keith likes lists um some of it was stuff that after looking back at it when i was you know researching and doing you know my my stuff I was like, wow, why did I never think of that? Like, it, it was so obvious what's going on, but I just, you know, I guess just, you know, you get, you get wrapped up in the day-to-day, you're not thinking about it, you're going, oh, well, I gotta go get another one of these, because mine broke, or whatever, and... It should be surprising to no one. Everybody's yeah. thought about this, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's happening, but when you just hear it, like, in black-and-white documentation, it kind of pisses you off. Yes. Yes. And staying in the 20s, in the 20s, there was a, a CEO at General Motors. At, uh, what was his name? It was Alfred, Alfred P. Sloan, right? Okay. And uh, he was trying to compete with Ford. Well, Henry Ford's big thing was, you know, it comes in one color. It'll last you a lifetime. I want to mm-hmm. give your family a horse that never dies, pretty yeah. much. yeah. And it worked fantastically. Everybody owned a Ford. Uh yeah, there have been the there have been you know cases of Model Ts that with minor uh stuff even nowadays are still running fine. Mm-hmm. You know yeah with just like minor upkeep and whatever. I mean yeah, yeah yeah yeah. The problem for the businesses became then everybody already has their car and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, which is going to be probably the biggest <laughs> central theme of all of this is they go well if I sell something that's never gonna break. Then how many times do I sell it before I don't sell anymore? Everybody has one. <laughs> that's kind of the central theme to this whole thing. Think about a toaster. How often do you buy a toaster? You've probably bought maybe two in your lifetime. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm pretty sure the one that I have now is the one that I that I bought my first outing as an adult. <laughs> like the yeah. first toaster ever bought. I'm pretty sure that's the same one I'm still using. <laughs> yeah, toasters they never No one in the toaster business does planned obsolescence. Yeah. Say we're gonna make the best damn toaster ever. Well, Think about this, and I'm sure a lot of people listening. How many times have you gone to a grandparent's house, or you remember when you were little going to a grandparent's house, and there's like an avocado green stove that is still going strong? You mean literally like the one that's in my yes. kitchen right now? There's a washing machine that's from 1969 <laughs> that's still just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't make things like they used to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everything's made out of metal. Now mm-hmm. it's plastic. Shit, most of the shit on your car is plastic. Yes. So when everybody starts talking about bells and whistles and I'm like, man, I will go back to roll up windows and (laughs) manual doors (laughs) any day of the week. If somebody shows me a new feature on a car, I'm like, I guess I'm getting old. I'm like, that looks like some shit that'll break in about six months. Was about the first say, time I pull on the door hard, I remember that time that we were sitting there. I think it was with Kale. And he just bought his brand new truck, and we got in. And we're looking at it. We're like, man, this is really cool. This is awesome. And he's like, yeah, look at all these features. Blah blah blah. blah. And you know, me and him are having a, having a blast with all this stuff, playing with everything, doing whatever. And you're sitting in the back seat, and you didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Finally, <laughs> Kale's like, well, Kenny, what do you think? And you were like, <laughs> looks like a lot of shit that can break. I'm the wet towel. <laughs> I've got an old soul, man. That's just the way I'm, I'm like, it looks like a lot of shit that'll break. Kale just straight up sent you the most fuck you look on the planet. Like, oh. I was happy for him. It was a be- it's a beautiful <laughs> ride. It was just, yeah. I'm just looking at shit like, I don't want to fix that. Mm. But anyway, this Alfred P. Sloan guy, uh, he gets the idea, after looking at like the fashion industry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to create the first annual car models. Yes, the model year system. Yes, yep, exactly. Yes. And by only slightly updating color and th- the product. It was the same parts. They just slap new paint on it and come out another year, maybe slap a fin on it, something like that. Yeah, in and, the beginning, they actually started off by, you know, okay, you had the black Fords. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, well, this year we're going to come out with red. And then the next year we're going to come out with blue. And the next year we're going to come out with, you know, green. Like It was like, that was how small of a change it was. It was literally they changed the color. Yep. And then, like I said, they would add in just these teeny tiny little feature here and there that would be like, oh, well, if you have last year's model, how can you possibly be dealing with that when you could have this? Yeah, it, It's a status symbol. It shows people, mm-hmm. oh, he has the red that came out this year, that you have enough money to update something that didn't need to be updated. And it's a, stat- it's just like fashion. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with the jacket. Literally, leave. 100 years plus later, uh, we're yeah. sitting here with the same. It's the same thing. So the fashion deal Well, oh, I'm sorry I cut you off oh that? I was just gonna. yeah it pretty much yeah it was, it's keeping up with the Joneses is mm-hmm. why he created it was, yeah. was, was to create conflict in people's self-worth that I have to have the new shiny thing people are essentially raccoons man <laughs> we're simple creatures to figure out show us something new and shiny I covet from thy neighbor I want what he has yeah. well and so the fashion thing which is is really funny to me because you've always heard it when it comes to fashion stuff you know
1: Fashion always comes
0: back around. Oh, I was going to say last year's look. Oh, well, yeah, last year's look. Mm -hmm. But, you know, fashion always comes back around. Yes. Now, the way that they do the obsolescence with fashion is they go, Okay, well, if we make something seasonal, it is a seasonal style. We can sell a whole bunch of that really fast. Then we move to the next season. Mm Mm-hmm. Sell a lot of it. Same thing, same thing. Now, the deal with fashion is you can really only change the style of clothes so much. I mean, there's only so much you can really do. I'm not talking like some of the crazy stuff you see on some runways, but I mean, really, a t-shirt can really only change so much. A, a collared shirt, a dress, shoes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, is a it collar only... longer, collar shorter? Same way I feel about music when somebody's like, well, that song sounds like this. There's only so many notes yeah. on a piano. Yeah, there's only so many ways there's you can go so with so many it. combinations. So, when you have a seasonal look, and you go through seasonal, 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 so quick then oh you're sitting here going oh man now we're kind of out of how we're going to do fashion so guess what let's bring back something from a couple decades ago and bring it back yeah they don't have to re- redesign anything nope nope yep which fast fashion mm-hmm. which with the creation of shit like sweatshops where they can crank out i mean i'm not going to name any brands but you'll know people that order stuff mm, yeah we've all gotten stuff that We've ordered online. There are certain (laughs) websites online that you can order today, have tomorrow, and when you get it, you can tell it's a cheap quality. Mm. It's a knockoff of some designer's thing that was hot a month ago, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's seasonal, and you know what? It's going to be uncool in six months. Yeah. And that's where you get fast fashion, which really started booming around the 90s. Mm. Am I hot as hell? Mm. No, you're good. I to back up from, I get, I get excited, and I get up on the mic, and then it's real hot. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We haven't done this in a while, so we're, we're still working out kinks, right? <laughs> uh, it's been a minute, man. I like being back on the mic with you. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and what they do, too, is once items sell out, they do not replenish them. Yeah. Once it's sold out, it is sold out. Oh, yeah, because they know it's going to go out. Like that that style that make that brand that whatever is mm-hmm. going to be gone, and they're you know they know move on to the next thing months ahead of time. What's going to be the fashion for fall? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and capitalize on that. Do you know over? Uh, here's a, a s- statistic for you: that over five percent of all landfill waste is clothing textiles. Really? Yep. Hmm. And it's all mostly perfectly good clothing. Yeah. Oh, you think, oh, that. I throw out holes in jeans. No, you throw out jeans when they don't fit or they're out of fashion. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Nothing wrong with it. Just out of style. The average person in America throws away 70 pounds of clothes a year. Damn. it It's it's a problem. It really is. And then especially with things today, like I said, those, those websites who shall not be named where you can just order and turn around. You know, they wear it for... Three months, six months, sits in the floor of the closet, then goes in a trash bag, goes out the door either yep. to the donation bin or the the landfill. It's the equivalent of, they say, it. the textiles that are thrown out is the equivalent of a dump truck full of clothing being dropped in a landfill every second. I mean, yeah, you think about it, a lot of people, you know, out there wear something two or three times and get rid of it. And it causes big problems. There was a, I was, while I was kind of researching all this stuff. I didn't know about this, but in 2013, the Rana Plaza in Bangladesh, that collapsed. Okay. Um, pretty much a sweatshop. Like you would think of one. And it was just a factory set it up. It was a factory a set up old in, old yeah, in a shitty old building. And it was 1,100 deaths. Oh, God. 2,500 injuries. Um, and I'm going to drop this shit. Products that came out of there were made for Walmart, Children's Place, JCPenney, Cato, and Joe Fresh. Hm. Yeah. It was mostly women that worked in there, and you know what they made? $63 a month. Oh. So, you know, when you click on the button, think what you're funding. Hmm. And I'm not trying to bring it down. I know we usually do a pretty lighthearted show, but it's, 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 it's damn sure worth talking about. Yes, you well, know, and and if, if there's a documentary that uh, I found on YouTube. It's a really short documentary that was called the uh, Rona Plaza Collapse Documentary, and it's like five minutes. Go check it out. It really opened my eyes to like, damn, like the situation. You hear about it and people make jokes about sweatshops and shit, but man, that's people's lives mm-hmm. for real, mm-hmm. and we take a lot of things for granted, and it it it's worth, you know. Mm-hmm. It's worth thinking about where you're spending your money. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Statistic: ninety two million tons of clothing. That's insane. And to think that Each how year. much of that could be repurposed for so many different That's, things. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's maddening. It's like it's wackadoo. You know, uh, homeless shelters, like said, yes! uh, poorer countries. Um, so many, so many different ways that that could be used, and then of course not. Keeping, you know, the footprint that we're leaving on Mother Nature. (laughs) Y'all do angel tree. We do angel tree. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. donating clothes Mm to the less fortunate. It's like, yeah, I mean, do what you can. Donate. Don't throw it out. Here's what I'll say, and I'll leave it alone. Donate everything that is still in good quality. There you go. Don't just put it on the curb. There you go. Because I just told you where it's going and what it's doing. Mm -hmm. So take it down. There's boxes on every corner. You know, I mean, you go to any church, they've got clothing donations. Yep. If it's a good jacket, if it's good jeans, if it's good shoes, they're still good quality, take them and donate them. There's somebody out there that can use them. Yeah. I will get off my soapbox now. All right. Let's get into <laughs> something. I mean, we're, we're talking about kind of a crappy situation here. That, was, <laughs> anyway, that, that one was it's... not a, not fun to talk that about. That one was not fun. But but, but I said, we're still sitting here talking about, you know. How, evil fashion. Evil fashion. We're talking about how uh, corporations are trying to screw us <laughs> so what have you but, got dude um so you know okay i'm going to eventually we're going to get into electronics i oh, have to and tech and stuff like that but before we do that i think let's uh s- kind of stick with some of the ones before we get that because I, I know everybody's going go well what are you going to talk about iphone or you know phones in general yep um I made a comment at the top of the episode about it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get, we will get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. but let's stick with some of like the more just a uh, generic stuff or things that maybe people don't really realize, you know? And so one of the ones to me that when I was in college, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, what is the point of, you know, having to buy my books every year? Like I just, I just, it killed me to think well, I'm spending two, three, four, five hundred $500 mm-hmm. on these books and I'm looking at last year's copy, and I'm going, okay, how much did that really change? You know, and, and like what 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 caught my eye, what really made me think of it, was my history class. Now, I'm not gonna say I'm a huge history buff, but I know a lot about history, and I like it. it's, it's fun to me. Um, I like how assertive you were when you said that to me with your hand up. I know a lot about I, I do. I mean, yeah, I, mean uh, I think anybody that listens to us knows that we have a pretty good grasp on history. Anyway. We got to get to the video so on these. So I'm thinking, I'm sitting here going, I'm in college, and we're going into a U.S. history class. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I really am not, I can't, I well, I, you know, I personally didn't have the money at the time to Buy me a $200 book that was brand new. And I looked around and I found the ones that were the older ones that they were still like 75 bucks. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wing it. We're going to roll the dice. I'm going to see how far I can get through my history class this semester without having the book. Guess what? I never bought the book in the class with a 95. Now, I said that. smart. Use is kind. No, I. Well, okay. So I'll get off my box now. <laughs> no, you know, you know, Ninety-five, but, baby. <laughs> so still, woo. what it made me think of. So was like that's insane. So I went back and started looking. at it. because like, how much can things change from history? Expe- yeah, it is history. I'm thinking science book, but yeah, history book. Well, uh, okay, uh, like algebra. <laughs> there's not a huge chunk of breakthroughs in algebra every year. At least not the, not the, not that we're going to be learning yeah. at a. You know, I'm learning at a junior college. Nothing like, like, we're privy to. You know, geology. You know, okay, it's study of rocks. Like, there's not a whole <laughs> lot going to change. So I got in that I I you just pissed off geologists, they're gonna think that oversimplification. Oh, okay, again, again, I'm not oversimplifying. I'm saying what am I A rock I, is a rock. What is this guy right here that just graduated yeah. middle of the class? Not I'm not going to school to become a geologist, I'm, just you I'm not shit doing too. whatever. How much is it gonna change between the year I didn't take the class and no. now the class I am taking? Two thousand six to two thousand and seven. Yeah, I mean really what well, breakthroughs like and the answer, the reason that this happens really just pisses you off. So typically the publisher tells the author that they have to make a new copy or a new rendition or whatever of their book for so many years so they can sell enough of them to make their profit. Like it's contractually you have to go in and do a revised version even if it's only yes. a paragraph here or there. Yes and reworded. And now, as an author. Holy shit, man. Yeah, think. If you wrote a book, would you really want to go in there every year and change something you had wrote Mm-mm. every year. For say five, ten, fifteen, however, whatever the contract is. So a that lot of sounds times sounds like the fourth layer of hell. Yeah. So a lot of times rewrite your the book the author, since they're Obligated to do this through contract, they'll just go in there and change like a paragraph or rearrange how some of it's written. But everybody knows this is going on. So when you're buying this new edition of some of these bo- certain books, now don't get me wrong, like there are certain ones that you probably do need. I mean, like anything medical, you probably need the newest edition. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But like so some of these the ones that we gotta, research every day, we're joking about some of them that they don't have a lot of breakthroughs. Yeah. Literally, the only difference might be just a couple sentences. Yeah, and especially if it's not advanced, but it's pretty basic ABC. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm taking, you know, intro to American history. Not a lot's going to change. When you think about how much it costs <laughs> just to go to college, mm-hmm. and the money-making, I mean, it's a machine. Yep, exactly. I, I got... I got one more that's not tech-based, okay? Okay. Pantyhose. And I know every woman out there has probably bitched about, I wear pantyhose once or twice, it tears, I have to go get new ones. Right? Son, you got a panty on your head. (laughs) (laughs) So, what if I told you that at one point, when they were made of nylon, they were, like, indestructible. You know, I I, I kind of just think back to people, there was a lot of, like, a home ingenuity that they used to use pantyhose for to fix things or to strain things, and, uh-huh, you, you yeah, know, you've heard yeah. stories about that, like, we're like, oh, I have like a pair of pantyhose, and I fix... You couldn't use a modern panty for that? No, no, not at all. Well, <laughs> guess what? Falls right into the same category. Panty was made good? They made them, they were too strong, they were too great, and somebody went, well, if I sell a woman seven sets of Pennyhose to get them through every day, and they're never going to buy it again, how fast am I not going to be selling Pennyhose anymore? Same with the light bulb in the car. And so they actually had these engineers, creators, scientists, whoever go back and make them to where they would actually fall apart or tear easier. There are videos you can find where people are towing cars with old <laughs> Pairs of pantyhose, <laughs> literally. I'm telling you, man. I do have to throw this out there that uh, I did when I was doing my research. There was a lot of Watch Mojo, which yes. I, I love. Watch Mojo, they are amazing, and that was the one that popped up. It was a video of literally a car pulling another car with pantyhose, just to show, hey, it used to be they used to be indestructible, damn near, and now, like I said, you can't go out one night, two nights, and not tear them up. Are pantyhose still a thing? I mean, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. you tell me your wife doesn't own any pantyhose? Yeah. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I don't know. I think yoga pants... Kind of... Over... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know shit about that. <laughs> I'm a fool. Maybe pantyhose are still... Huge. Yeah. I mean, they're still... I mean, yeah. People still wear them all the time. Maybe we it's, live in a place that's uh, too hot. Hmm, well, that is part of it. Yes, yes. Um, so that is the end of all of my stuff that is not tech based or some kind of electronic or or something like that. Okay. Um, I want to kind of lighten through some of these because it's now we're getting to the ones that like everybody is probably pretty aware of. So at the top of everybody's mind. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start off with the one that to me. Is the stupidest of them, and that's printers and printer cartridges. Oh yeah, because whether you be home, you're in the office, whatever the case may be, it never fails. You go to print something, and your printer goes, "Bing," cartridge's mm-hmm. out of ink, or something along those lines. Now, nowadays, printers pretty much have a thing that it indicates to them that says, "Hey, the cartridge is out of ink." Or running low or whatever. And so then it dings at you and you have to change it out. it'll show your life on a display. Most of the time, the cartridges start showing that they're empty when they've only gone through 75%. So you got a whole quarter of ink still left. Okay. Or they set it up to where they only have so much of like a certain color. So when that runs low, so that one color that you only use... Once wants on no blue moon, but it's only got a teeny tiny little bit in it. So when it hits that it's low, then the whole cartridge says it's out of ink. Yes, I absolutely believe that. Some of them actually have a kill switch on it that will not allow you to print anymore once it gets to a certain level. And it's not empty, but it'll actually just stop working. What a load of horse shit.
1: This- and
0: then, then the whole thing is, or the printer itself... Sometimes we'll have a thing to where it says that it's, you know, it's been used so much. It has the, the, the what is that little thing where it's like the, uh, where the printer will actually say that it's got too much waste of the ink in it. And now you sit there and go, okay, it's going to cost more to fix the printer than what it's going to cost to go buy a new one. Mm-hmm. So... Boy, they took the model and ran with it in every, every venue. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Everybody just said, you know what? <laughs> we got our own you know, way. I hear of... about people bypassing the, the, the printer ink cartridge thing all the time and switching to different colors and, and stuff, and it'll mm-hmm. like, run for another however long. Makes me think of like the chip bag that's only 25% full. Exactly. Yeah. Or <laughs> it shows on things like, not actual size. Increased size to show what it looks like <laughs> better. You know, and it's like <laughs> bullshit. Um the box with the toys and it's like shows you all the toys that come with it and then very small print in the back. Figures not included. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. You just recently went through that. Yeah. Uh and it's like, oh this didn't come with half of what it's showing. Yeah. And I looked all over the box until I finally found that fine print out the bottom said so the figurine yeah. not included. And I was like But literally the figurine is thrown in to every picture yeah. on the box of a kid playing with it and so yeah yeah jackson opened it up and he's like this is really cool dad thanks you know actually it was present you got me mm-hmm. <laughs> or got him and he's playing with and he's like this is really cool but there's no figure <laughs> and what's sad f- is that subconsciously we know that we've been conditioned to know it's too good to be true mm-hmm. when it shows it's like going in to buy uh jewelry and there'll be the price in a big red sticker on the front of whatever. And you go, okay, I'd like to buy that. And then they go to ring it up and it's double. And
1: mm-hmm. you're like,
0: whoa, wait a minute. What's that? Oh, well. And there's XXX X, X stipulation for it. Mm-hmm. You have to have the credit card for this place. You have to be a loyalty member for that price. And it's like, where on the giant red sticker Did does it say, it? say that? Yep. Before I had you pull it out of the case, size it. We go through the whole thing. And then you start ringing it up, and it's double the price. Mm-hmm. Show me the fine print in the window that says that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't question it enough. I, do, You know, I knew it was... Like I said, it's sad to think that we've been conditioned that that is too good to be true when you see a good price on something. You're like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with it? Yeah, what's, what's, what's the stipulation? What's sketch? And everything, you got to be a member now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit something up here in a second. It's going to go back to that point. Let me just get through route. a couple of these really quick. <laughs> you keep going. I'm just going to sit here and complain. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to come back to that point. So, um, okay, let's get into one of the big ones. TVs. Mm-hmm. That old television set. You think about it. Yes, the ones that we had back in the day. They were big. They were bulky. They were ugly. They took up half the room. But guess what? They never broke. There you were actually tubes had, in them. <laughs> you actually had a TV repairman. Yeah, you're that right. That you could call and would come fix your TV. The knobs didn't fall off. Pixels didn't suddenly disappear. You didn't start getting weird specs all over. Mm-hmm. All over. Stuff like that. The TVs would last forever. Now, you think about just, say, 15, 20, 30 years ago. If you were going to go spend, say, $1,000 on something, you were expecting it to last. Yeah you know because that was a huge huge purchase mm-hmm. that was a huge thing. Nowadays we again you like you said a minute ago we kind of conditioned ourselves to go oh well, this thing's going to fall apart something's going to happen to it. Yeah and it's funny that you say that about $1000 because that seems to be about the breaking point give or take, you know, a couple hundred dollars either direction mm. of the consumable well not consumables but of the products that we have to replace Regularly Is mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. at about A thousand dollars It's like somebody Figured out That's about the Breaking point For the average uh Middle income Person Again we're talking At least in The United States Uh Well you know Whether it's the phone The TV uh, Beds, grittery, beds, beds coffers, couchers, dryers, dryers, yeah. blah blah. blah Everything Is yeah. right yeah. there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right in Right in about That thousand dollar range Because your... it's like That's where we know We can break them They'll pay it They're not happy about it yep. But they need it and, that's and if you go higher, they can't afford it. Everybody's looking for, you know, a deal on it and trying to get cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. But that's kind of most people's breaking point. It's like, I'm not going to pay more than $1,000 $1, for whatever it yeah. is. Okay? Oh, I guarantee. We don't have some research on that, but I guarantee that is some so, kind of structure where the $1,000 breaking point has been set for this generation. Of... Mm-hmm. And so the TVs that we have now, of course, everything's flat screen. Everything's, you know... 4K, HD, blah, 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 blah. And, like, we we actually were looking at a new TV the other day. Uh, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Liz was at one location looking at TVs. I was at another store. Okay. And we're going through everything. And she was like, look, I just don't understand the lingo for some of this stuff. And I was like, nobody really does. They make it confusing. They make it very confusing. On purpose. And every company, every different TV style has different phrasing for stuff and how it does and it's like oh this is a model fta and this is a you know and then you look at another one it's like oh this is the model uh 62 sunrise <laughs> i mean like it's <laughs> like just random stuff that they're just throwing out there to confuse the crap out of you so you have no idea what you're really getting so you pretty and, much take what you're handed and you're sitting there you know looking at a wall of tvs trying to figure out which one looks the best to you that you like the most or you're just looking at the price tag going, oh, I need a new TV, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to get this one. How and how many times do people walk in and you just immediately greet your salesman with, this is my limit, what can yeah. I get? Yeah. You know? Or I need a TV, it needs to do this. Yeah. Think about the, the headache of going to buy a car. Shit. <laughs> I think we talked about on uh, one of the episodes of My uh, when I had to go buy my new truck after the hog mm-hmm. uh, incident where it hold my truck um and I, I i literally like walked into the dealerships and i went to many of them and every one of them i was like look i don't want to talk to anybody right now i need to look around i need to find whatever i will come find you leave me alone some of the dealerships were cool and respected that some of them were not cool about it mm-hmm. and there was one guy i finally told like dude you you need to get out of my face like leave me alone and it got to the point where finally i was like you know what I don't want anything from from you. I don't want anything. I'm gone. I'm out. You know. And, you know, yeah, same thing. You go to buy a TV and, you know, some of the tech places that you go to, you either get bombarded with people in your face trying to, you know, sell you something or else or whatever, or you can't find anybody. That's the other thing that drives me crazy. You went with me to buy a washing machine. Oh, boy, did I. When we were at the store, I had it pulled up online that it was in-store at X amount purchase. Mm, and get told by two different managers, oh yeah, we don't have that. And I'm like, it says you have it in supply here in the store. I'm like, well, we don't update our website every day. And I'm like, we we at that point, we had drove about twenty minutes to go to that location. It's like okay, twenty minutes for us in that. That's not a killer. Like you know, we yeah. live in kind of central Texas. Like which, by the way, in Texas we don't there. deal in miles. We deal in time. Yeah. But still, How far away better. is it? We don't say 40, you know, 40 miles. <laughs> we deal in time. But yeah, the fact that it was just completely and they didn't give a shit nope, nope, that they care. could not honor what I was showing them online. Nope. They were like, eh, eh, sorry. Yep. I went through the same thing trying to buy a vacuum not too long ago oh, where wow. I'm like right here on your website. It shows it for this amount. This is the exact same model. I looked up the barcode number. It's the exact same thing. Well, that's an online only. I'm like, where does it say that? And you scroll down, go four pages back, and at the very bottom, in tiny black print, and I was like, I, I, I said, I fucking knew it. Like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to, I knew it, and I walked out very pissed, and I was like, I knew it taking it up to the register. Y'all weren't going to honor this. There was going to be something, some kind of stipulation. Even yes. though this place claims to be price match anyway Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's frustrating for everybody and everybody goes to this but yeah i I agree with the way you said that they they can they make it confusing on purpose yes because i i mean we're guys with pretty good heads on our shoulders i couldn't imagine being an elderly person that is not too familiar with working the internet or you know that maybe did drive an hour to go get this deal on something and then just you get shut down it's frustrating yeah yeah. Well, okay. in in that Him. In that vein, hold on. <laughs> check this out. So yeah, I'm going to turn this into a. I'm going to keep a that. A session. Keep that in mind when I bring up this one. And I'm going to merge these two together. Okay. I want to see it. So, the next one I'll go into is another big one: computers,
1: just mm-hmm. computers in general.
0: Now, Com- the files are in the computer? in the computer. Yes. So, everybody that has owned a personal computer, whether it be a desktop, a laptop, hell, an, an iPad, uh, any, anything like that, has ran into the situation where you use it for a while, and before you know it, it's running slower, it's not operating properly, you're having issues, okay? Now, that is a marketing thing. Oh, yeah. When we first started this podcast, we were using an older computer, I think it was Melanie's, like, one of hers or it was that one that was autographed by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put that out there. got to throw it out there. That was the thing about it. Every time that we would be on that thing recording and I'm just looking at this giant, giant. Because, I mean, it was huge. It was like the size of a shoebox. Justin Timberlake yeah. autograph on the back. Made me laugh. So, we were using that. And for what we were using it for, it was great. Mm-hmm. It worked perfectly fine. But we were kind of like, oh, it's a little bit older. We should probably look into getting a new one, whatever. So, I ended up going by and a new one for us mm-hmm. to do this with. That would could be just solely for this purpose. We had used it for what about three months, and it started slowing down, and we started having issues. So yeah, like, it this was is, three months exactly. I was like, "This is bullshit, man!" Like I just bought this thing, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't break the bank on it, but I mean, I spent a little money. It, it was brand new. It was brand new, straight out the plastic. Now, that's all set up for a reason. Now, yes, some people that may. Get on and look at some very questionable content or do some things where maybe you shouldn't be going. Of course, yeah, yeah you're gonna have you know viruses and stuff like that, go there, mm-hmm. whatever. But considering what we were using it for, where we were literally uh, just using putting it audio just files on it, audio files and uploading to we uh, yeah, to our uh, to Podbean, who's we who we use, mm-hmm. they're not paying us, so I'm not throwing out an ad, that's just you know <laughs> who we use. And it was already starting to slow down, it's like this is this is. Bullshit. So I started getting on there and doing some research on some of that. A lot of times you'll get on there and it'll say, hey, you need to download some new software. Yeah. Because your operating system. Yeah. That's standard old across anything, whatever. Well, then you try to get on there and try to download some more software or hard uh, software. And then the hardware we'll isn't issues, isn't compatible. set up, isn't compatible with everything. I went down a rabbit hole the other day with ours and figured out, like, watched a lot of YouTube videos, researched a lot of stuff to go figure out how to debug and do, do, do a whole bunch of different defrag and blah, 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 all this crazy stuff that were terms that I really wasn't wasn't aware of. Uh, I didn't really know. What, I've heard them, but I didn't know what it really was. I went in there, researched it. I did it. Guess what? Our laptop is running great right now. We are having zero problems, knock on wood. <laughs> now... I'm bringing this up to say what you were saying a minute ago. How many regular people, I'm not talking about someone that's not intelligent, I'm saying just a regular average no. Joe is going to understand. Because I mean, I literally had to research, it took me about, I'd say about three hours to research all this, just to get our laptop up and running the way I wanted it again. Yeah. And you're familiar with working the internet and how to look up things um, and research things. You know, um, like I said, I feel bad for the older generations. So- that are trying to acclimate to this, that it's like, they must be lost in space. You're going through this now to where your TV or, you know, like I said, a laptop or, you know, an actual, like, PC, you know, something like that. That's something so simple. Because once I got through it and started figuring it out, oh, I was like, oh, that's not hard. I literally just go click a couple of buttons, find where it says, oh, do this, and boom, it's done. But you're using these terms that... I mean, really just get scary to some people. like mm-hmm. like they You get to an anxious point to where you're like, I can't deal with this. So guess what? Screw it. I'll just go buy a new one. Yep. It would literally... Blow your mind. The, like, if you mm-hmm. get on there and listen, listen to tech people, and they'll talk about people bringing in things, and they're mm-hmm. like, they didn't charge it. They didn't know to put it on a charger. Mm-hmm. It would be a laptop, and they're like, well, it doesn't work anymore. And that's sad, man. That is... Sad. <laughs> that well, like I said, somebody. Like I said, think of a little old lady coming in, and you feel like an asshole because it's like, well, actually, think of this: what kind of asshole sells her a new one knowing that she just didn't plug it in? Yeah, that's a piece yeah. of garbage, person. And speaking of garbage, how do we live in a time when being eco-friendly is so at the forefront of of every conversation? Mm-hmm. And there's fifty million. Tons of electronic waste every year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. No one's bad. I mean, there are people, but, you know, that's not what you're seeing on the news when everybody's talking about being eco-friendly. They're wanting Mm -hmm. to shut down pipelines. They're wanting to turn everything into electric cars. Nobody's talking about the fact that, like I said, and that's true facts. 50 million tons of electronic waste, and that is laptops Mm -hmm. and phones being just chunked in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I think it's time for us to go into the big one, and that is cell phones. Yeah, that's the that's the itch everybody wants to scratch. It has literally gotten to the point to where a normal person cannot leave their house without their cell phone. And you know, there's there's kind of two ways to look at it. You think of it one a, a dependency thing, which yes, it's dumb for people to be that dependent on a piece of tech, but then you think about how handy it is. And like, I mean everything's on it. Everything's yeah. on it. All of your Everything is on it. Some people, yeah. that's how you unlock your doors. That's how you're you're watching your cameras at your house. It's got all your credit cards on there. It's, you know, it's life. And yeah. it, that's so, so much of, so much of your daily life is built into your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't bullshitting at the top of the episode when I said 18 month life. Is I was going to ask es- you. Yeah. It's the estimated life of about the time you need to start looking for a new phone. It's 18 months. That thing's a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And talk to anybody. Most... I mean, if you take care of your phone, okay. Most people you see have a cracked, cracked phone screen. <laughs> yeah, and that probably happened within the first month they had it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, that's why there's, you know, such a... The phone case um, market is <laughs> so great for people buying phone cases. Because cause we're dumb and we drop things a lot. But phones... They're made to fall apart. There was the lawsuit, yeah. or multiple lawsuits that have happened over the years recently where they've had, you know, the, these instances where people, like, they straight up have been like, what's the deal? Why why did my phone one day just go to shit? No. I wake up one morning and my battery life is non-existent anymore. huh I can't hear anything on it, or, you know, the calls aren't going through, I'm not getting texts, the phone, the nope. it's not charging, you know, whatever it takes to be. There was a thing back, and I wish I would have done a little bit more research on it, but I think because of what this is, everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, we totally get it, understand, where it was actually, I think, over a, it wasn't a phone, it was over the, uh, an iPod. Yeah, yes, that the famous lawsuit that yes. came out. and... Guy called in. He was like, "Hey, man, I've had this for you know 18 months. It stopped working," and the person on the other end of the phone that apparently worked for the company was like, "Oh, well, it's already out of its warranty. It's going to cost you like $200 probably to get it fixed, and then it's probably going to cost an extra for shipping fees and all these kind of things. And so, at the end of the day, wouldn't it be better if you just went and bought a new one? How convenient! I mean, you'll remember this. A lot of people our age and older will remember this." You used to be able to replace the battery on your phone before mm-hmm. the iPhone. Mm-hmm. hmm Relatively easy. Yeah. You and can do it. like you were talking about before we even started recording with like the Nokia, the bricks. You know, you could you could throw that thing at a dog that was attacking you <laughs> and pick it back up and it would work fine I for four more years. I literally had one that a buddy of mine ran over and I went over and picked it up and answered the call. Somebody that was calling <laughs> me while the phone was getting ran over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like if, if you had a battery issue, oh, kids listening, you used to be able to just take it to the store and they would replace the battery and you were fine moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So the whole thing with that is, of course, you know, big phone companies and stuff like that. Yeah, they make it to where it's going to start going out. You know, you always get the software update. A lot of that is actually to get rid of the older phones. The software updates? Oh, yeah. They admitted to it. Yeah. They admitted yeah. they, they will slow down phones. So are like, mm-hmm. oh, there's only so much bandwidth or whatever we can throw out there. And it's like, uh, ah. Yeah, so think so you're intentionally slowing my phone down. Yeah, so I don't think that's... That one is definitely it. not a surprise to anybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. But unfortunately, we have this dependency on our phones. And it sucks. But eh, there is a thing that's kind of become a big deal now. And it's called Right to Repair some countries in the world already do this to where you should have the right to be able to repair an item at a reasonable cost instead of having to go buy a new one. Yes. Yep. There's also lawsuits against uh planned obsolescence. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're trying to be passed. Yeah. And so working in the right direction, yeah, but you're going to right be big business. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's definitely an uphill battle. Hey, there's a lot uh, of greased wheels there. Yes. Hey, uh, you want to do something fun? Yes, I do. <laughs> You know what we haven't done in a long time? We haven't done it in a long time. (laughs) But, uh, so, episode tonight is about how things just don't work like they used to, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shit don't last a long time. I want to ask you a question. Alright. This question is in the form of a game. A little game we used to play a couple months ago. (laughs) Before we picked it back up. I think I remember this one. You want to play? Let's play. Alright, it's time for Search Engine Results ladies and gentlemen this is the part of the show where I quiz Keith <laughs> on what the internet told me mm-hmm which is always right mmm never let me down so in keeping with the theme today my guy mm-hmm I want to ask you the question how old is the world's oldest working refrigerator Ooh. <laughs> okay okay and I'm gonna give you this in the form of an ABC just like we used to do okay back in the old country (laughs) okay okay all right so here's the question how old is the world's oldest working refrigerator a 49 years old b 73 years old or c 57 years old hmm Okay. As a complete guess, there's no way you could just know this information off the top of your head. Yeah. But just guessing at how good things used to be made. Okay, give it to me one more time. Okay. A, 49 years old. Refrigerator's still kicking. Mm -hmm. B, 73 years old. That's a geriatric fridge. (laughs) Or C, 57 years old. Feels like it's 45. Still Hmm. living its best life. 49, 73, and 57. Well, and I know you're shooting in the dark here. Yeah. Uh, it, okay. A lot of so, times it ends up not working out for me, but I'm going to go think about the grandma's stoves and the washing Ooh. machines and how hardy things used to be made when they were made of actual steel and sprockets and shit. I'm going to go for broke 73. Why would you say that? Because you know what? I know, normally, like, a refrigerator seems like it doesn't last, you know, 10, 15 years. I'm, mm. I'm hoping that there's one out there that has been around for flipping ever. Well, by George, man. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. 73 years. Yes. Awesome. This is a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's uh, in England. Okay. Well, no, no surprise there. It's owned by <laughs> a man named Robert and his wife. They didn't disclose their full name. <laughs> Robert and his Robert wife. And, his wife. Okay. and the funniest thing is you got the name Robert, but you don't get the wife's name, but it's the fridge that's been in the wife's family for 73 years. So, yeah, Robert just took so, took charge of that. I was like, yes, it's Debbie, Rhonda, Hitter. who knows? It mm. should have been Rhonda's, you know. Yeah, Robert was the one that talked to the interviewee. Eh, maybe she didn't want her name out there. And it was found by mm. people who were in the house doing repairs, and they're like, that's an old fridge. And they're like, it still works. And somebody knew a little bit of something <laughs> and was like, what? It's like a what VIN number. brand numbers? is now, that? this is before VIN numbers. <laughs> that thing, yeah. There's no VIN number, yeah. So it's a uh, Electrolux refrigerator that was made in 1949. Hmm. It is two feet tall, two feet wide and three feet tall. Okay. Okay. And it beats the previous refrigerator that was known to be the oldest, which was owned by Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. his mother's. Oh. Yes. That was a 1954 Frigidaire. Hmm. This one beats it by 15 years, and it was. And this is as of 2001. That was the last thing I could find about the oldest refrigerator. Oh. found so well, 2001. Knows? We might get something there could have been, but you know, kind of wondering if that one's still running. You can it's only do so it... many hours of internet searches on the oldest refrigerator before you go. Fuck this. We're going with this one. <laughs> <laughs> i <Right? Like>, am <laughs> not wasted another 30 minutes of my life on the oldest refrigerator. All but right. yeah. So congratulations to Robert and his wife. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I got dude seventy three years. Think about that. This refrigerator has been running for seventy three years. They kill. They still keep their stuff in it. Yeah, it's probably been running nonstop too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in their garage, just plugged in. The little things running through summers and all that stuff. Just yeah, just keep going, keep going. I'm telling you, the turn of the century shit was made different. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got one more for you before we call it a night. Before we leave. Okay. It's one that, again, most people probably realize it, but just look past it. And that's video games. Oh, the old video game. It's actually something called a little different. It's called Systematic Obsolescence. Okay. Okay. we have Planned Obsolescence, Perceived Obsolescence, and what was that one? Systematic. Systematic. Okay. Hydromatic. <laughs> Why it's well, Greece You get a new console, it gets released. Well guess what? It's not uh, backwards compatible. The Dreamcast. <laughs> so if you want to play your old games, now you have to buy the new remastered versions. Okay? Think about do we really need a new sports game of the same franchise every single year? I think I get where you're heading with this. Now, yes, players' names change. Stats change. Teams even move locations. Yes, things like that happen. But, but is the actual operating system doing anything different? We might have, oh, now when you double tap X, we do a double spin move. And that's the new feature for this year. Does that justify a $60, $70 new purchase, new purchase of a new game? I don't think so. Then you think about... We've moved into the new thing now to where DLC give you your download. Oh, that's content. where the money's at, baby. You buy a DLC is where it's at. Six dollar game. You get in there you start playing like, man, this is awesome. I, I loved it. I got it on launch day. It's it's amazing. Wish I had a purple hat. And then, yeah, <laughs> the next week they go, oh, we'll buy the DLC package and you can get the purple hat. Yeah. Or a special weapon. Or you get a gold plated Desert Eagle. A, a horse that. that you can ride, or a dog that follows you, or some, something like that. Yes. And it's like... An extra unlockable level. Literally, one of my favorite games on the planet I had played, and I'd played all the way through it twice, and just happened to find a sale on the, uh, the DLC for it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and get it, just because. I bought it. If I wouldn't have gotten it as cheap as I got it, there's no way I would have actually paid that price for what it was what what extra I got. Another level or two. Yeah, I mean I got an extra eh, five or ten hours of gameplay of it, maybe. It wasn't yeah. worth it at the price originally it was, but that's what you gotta do, especially if it's a competition game and you're you're out there playing, you know, think of a lot of like the Smash Brothers Modern Warfare, uh, you know, stuff like that where people are playing online Did you say a Smash lot. Brothers? Yeah, Smash you're Brothers? yourself now. Well, no, sir. dude, Smash Brothers is still like one of like the still one of the highest uh competition <laughs> you games online. You so? tell, me? You tell me the last time you even played a video game. Anyway, Red Dead Two. <clears throat> uh, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's another way that they just do the systematic version of obsolescence. It's crazy to think money-making machine again. They're just- gonna find a way. When they went with downloadable content, somebody unlocked a golden Mm -hmm. chest and said, if they're already sitting there, pretty much you have the debit card in your hand. You're sitting on a couch. You don't have to go anywhere to do anything. You don't have to do jack shit. And you have it, and you're like, I want another level. I want this. It's like, you just pop a button. You got it. It's, Mm -hmm. It's, oh, they made it so easy. Yep. It's a scheme. Yep. Exactly. So, that being said... That being said, I think we should end the episode with, we've talked a lot about planned obsolescence, right? hmm I think we ought to give credit where credit's due. The term, was f- the term was coined by a real estate broker named Bernard London in 1932. Hmm. Yeah. And he wrote a paper. And when this paper was published, it was called uh, Ending the Depression Through Planned Obsolescence. Hmm. And what he did in this paper was suggest to the federal government that they should print expiration dates on everything. And I mean everything. They were talking uh, cl- clothing and furniture should have expiration dates on it. Oh, wow. Sounds like a Nazi bastard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, durable goods, he was just like, oh, well, everything should come to an end. Okay. Why? So- <laughs> did he have a purpose well, behind it's, it? it's kind of like that. how they hid behind the guise of, well... This will keep jobs during the Depression. If we have uh, products that are, uh-huh, uh-huh. are are becoming... Where you have to update them constantly, that keeps jobs going. Well, it wasn't. It was to make money for the machine. Well, right? if we don't throw out the couch you know, every five years, then there's no, not going to be more couch builders. Yeah. But so uh, what I, happens I is, okay. after World War II, with the booming of the 50s and 60s, right? After the Great Depression, after World War II, we get the rapid increase in a middle-class... In the United States. Okay. Little extra money in their pocket. And what they start doing with that is defining themselves by buying new products. You've always heard the term keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what they're doing. They're buying new products and then they're frequently upgrading them. Yeah. I got a newer car than John that lives next door to me. Mm -hmm. We're doing better. I can pull up in the driveway and everybody's going to come outside and look and go, oh, well, look what... Johnny has. Mm-hmm. Look what, you know. And, and, and technology is growing by leaps and bounds. So you're getting things like TVs, microwaves, brand new radios, stereos, all this stuff that you can constantly just keep upgrading to the new shiny model. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to end this on the Game Changer. Okay. The debut in 1950 that made all of this in our previous conversation through the past hour possible was the introduction Of the credit card. Ah, just to make it that much easier. You're spending money you don't even have. Hmm. Just to try to feed an addiction that is new and shiny. The secret evil sorcerer sitting behind going, ha ha. Pandora's (laughs) box, man. We opened it. You gave somebody that's not that intelligent a credit card Hmm. and said... You know, you need new shoes and you need a new car. And all this research, I never even thought about that. About but the credit card. Made it, it all possible. Before that, all. you had to have cash in hand to go mm-hmm. get the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to have it. We'll just ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> and on that depressing to, note... Today, you can feel really good about yourself. Tomorrow, you're going to hate yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. So, anyway. Yes, on that depressing note, man, it's been fun to be back in the saddle with you. <laughs> yes, I agree, man. I'm glad we're back. Look forward to new things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining on this ride of the random. men. remember, if you like what you hear, leave us a comment in the comment section. We really appreciate it. It really helps out. And let us know of any kind of topics that you would like for us to discuss in future episodes. And uh, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get updated on all the upcoming episodes in the future. Until next time, I'm Kenny. I'm Keith. And until next time, go watch the 1988 John Carpenter cult classic, They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper. It somehow seems very relevant to this episode. Good night.